Welcome to the Food Therapy Podcast, where we talk honestly and openly about mental health, diet culture, BS, and food freedom. We're your co-hosts. I'm Brittany Modell, owner of Brittany Modell Nutrition and Wellness. And I'm Lauren Sharp, owner of Empower Method Nutrition. We are food freedom registered dietitians who have struggled with mental health, poor body image, and disordered eating behaviors. We are on a mission to dismantle diet culture, normalize conversations around mental health, and empower you as you heal your relationship with food and your body. Let's get talking. Hello, and welcome back to Food Therapy Podcast. We are so excited to have on Gabriella Barreto. Um, Gab- Gabby, I'll just call you Gabby because I never call you Gabriella. But so Gabby is a registered dietitian, personal trainer, specializing in helping active women and athletes improve their relationship with food to live and perform their best every day. She holds an MS in nutrition exercise physiology from Teachers College, Columbia University. She's a professor of nutrition at St. Joseph's College. She coaches her clients to develop respect for their bodies by helping understand how to fuel and nourish their bodies, quit dieting, and improve their overall lives. Gabby also works with professional athletes in the NFL, the Hofstra University dance team, and active adults and youth. And lastly, she specializes in eating disorders. So welcome, Gabby, so excited. Thank you for having me. Gabby hosted me on your, so you hosted me on your podcast. And I think that was the first podcast that I actually ever went on, but Gabby and I went to grad school together. So it's so fun to come full circle and have you on. Thank you. So kind of just start off. Have you always been in this non-diet exercise space? And if not, like Mm -hmm. what has changed for you? Right. And it's, I think traditionally when we look at fitness and when most people look at fitness, we look at like fitness and nutrition professionals as weight loss professionals. It's just, you know, people even ask me like, well, if you don't do weight loss, like what do people even come to you for? But when I started, I did not have a good relationship with my body. I did not have a good relationship with food. And, um, my primary goal was like, Oh, I'm going to help people lose weight. And I was in that space. And I would say ever since I started, I absolutely like, for lack of a better term, I just hated doing weight loss, but that's all I thought I could do. Cause that's all I thought that there was to fitness. Um, and even in nutrition, like I started off in weight loss, but I never liked it. And I never liked it because I was like, I never, I eventually grew past like even using fitness. I think like once I started really like lifting weights um, for myself, I like move far further away from that. I also was like improving my own relationship and healing my own disordered eating. Um, but it's, I still did it. Like I was healing my own disordered relationship with exercise and food. And I was still doing like weight loss and it was so painful to me. And so I really grew out of that through my, through my own journey, but I definitely started in, in weight loss, but definitely I'm not there anymore. I actually, I completely relate to that too. It got to a point where I just, I didn't enjoy Mm -hmm. helping people lose weight. I was moving as exactly as you said, I was healing my relationship with food. I'm like, I'm not doing these things anymore. So why am I telling other people to do these things? It just didn't sit well with my values. Absolutely. It's not even that because I was in the same space. It's not even that I didn't, I mean, I guess it is that I didn't enjoy it, but it was more so it's just like, it feels like, icky. It's just yes. like, it doesn't feel yes. aligned. And you're like, this just feels not, not right. Yes. Also. Cause you're like, 
you're, you're teaching someone to do things that they don't want to, like, you're having people do things that are like, that don't feel good to them that are like almost torturous. Like, oh, you must like, if you want to burn a da, 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 like you must, um, be on the treadmill for like, you need to do cardio. And I'm like, well, this person hates cardio. I don't like cardio. I don't like it. So I'm having people do things that like, they don't like, they don't enjoy. Mm Um, and that's why people fall off of the process because it's nothing that they enjoy doing. Yes. Yes. So that brings us to the next question is how do you personally approach fitness with clients? Right. Um, you know, I still get people that will come to me for fitness that will say, you know, like that their body is a goal. Um, I explain to them from the beginning, from the get-go that this is my approach and this is how you know, we're going to approach fitness. I'm very big on strength, strength and conditioning. Strength is like my main point. Most of my clients who work with me, we do strength training. I'm not having people do burpees with me or mountain climbers or like (laughs) that kind of, we're not doing that. Um, there is a time and place for like plyometrics, but my training style is primary, primarily strength. And so when I have with my clients, we're approaching, um, you know, strength-based goals and performance-based goals. Like one of my clients today, she's going skiing in a few weeks and she had to take some time off for the past few weeks. So right now our goals are, we're going to get your legs strong. We're going to get your stamina up for skiing in three weeks from now. Cause she's going out to Vail to go skiing. So other, other clients of mine, a lot of my clients are moms and they're like, I just want to be strong. One of my clients, like, I just want like good bone health. Um, you know, there are still a lot of my clients will say, Hey, in the back of my mind, weight and my body is still a thing. I just know I can't approach that right now. Um, so I think I attract a lot of people who want to approach things like that, but still have, um, you know, in the back of their mind that like, I still want my body to change. And I tell them that's okay. But mm-hmm. my method is this. We're going to use science. We're going to use um, strength and conditioning principles to help build your strength. We're not going to be doing burpees and mountain climbers to get your heart rate up and make you sweat. Like you might not get a huge sweat from this. You might get a big sweat from this. But our goal is consistently um, building strength. We'll work on squats and deadlifts and push-ups. Um, like I love seeing my my clients, especially like women, like do push-ups. Like a lot of like, and I'm a woman, but a lot of women, they, we can't do push-ups and I couldn't I do def- a push-up. I can't, I cannot. I cannot do a push-up. <laughs> I go through phases. Like sometimes I can do push-ups and then like, I don't do them depending on like what kind of groove I'm in with working out. Like recently right. I've been doing a lot of like, like, you know, ankle weight type sculpt stuff. So yes. like, we don't do that many push-ups. Whereas like when I was doing Kayla Itzine's oh, torturing my body, I could do a million push-ups. <laughs> so Gabby, what yeah. does non-diet movement, non-diet exercise look like? Because right. so often when clients come to all three of us, they have this like negative association to movement because the movement is always coupled with dieting, restricting, and mm-hmm. feeling like shit for right. lack of a word mostly like just doing things that you hate. So I had a client once and we were doing, you know, I tell people, this is what I do. I just drink training. Um, and if you want something else, then there's someone else that I can refer you to for that. Um, so I, 
had a client and she was just like, Gabby, I really don't like this. I really like going to Zumba. I go, so fire me. Like, you don't have to see me anymore. Like if you don't like strength training, I'm totally okay with that. I want you to do what you like to do and what you really enjoy doing. So we stopped training together, still love her. Um, you know, but like we stay on touch on the gram, but she loved Zumba. She loved Zumba and she loved going out for walks and like jogging. So why, why have someone engage in a, in an activity that they don't like? Like I also teach boxing. Some people hate it. Some people love boxing. I would never say you must box to be fit. Like my sister does Pilates and yoga and that's her thing. I do enjoy Pilates and yoga. I just like hitting things, but I think the big thing, and I think we all agree on is that we have to find, um, we have to find movement that we enjoy. And that that is what's going to be healthier than sticking someone on a treadmill because they need to like they want to lose weight. And so they have to do cardio and they're miserable. Like the benefits, like the mental health strain, like the, the strain on your mental health of doing things that you don't like is worse off than doing something that's like gentler that you really enjoy doing. Right. Cause mm-hmm. for, for probably, I would say for all of us, we would say we do things because we enjoy like fitness wise, because we enjoy the way it makes us feel. I love the way it makes me feel when I lift like a massive amount of weight up off the floor. Some people absolutely hate that, right? Like some people do. I do not like doing a million burpees. That's not my thing. Some people love high intensity training. So I think that there's something different for everybody. And it's not to say one thing is better over the other. Um, and even like, yes, there are exercise science principles, but there's ways to get in weight bearing exercise, even if you're not in the gym. You know, there's ways to get in cardiovascular fitness without being on a treadmill or going for a run. So there's something out there for everybody um, to enjoy. And I think that's really, really important if we're going to say we're focusing on health. Yeah. yeah. How do you differentiate, you said fit, how do you explain to your clients that they can be quote unquote fit and it not have to be a certain weight? Because I feel like our society is just like, oh, she's so fit by like the way that she looks. How do you differentiate and explain that to them? Right, right. So we think fitness and we think like, I hate this word, but we think like chiseled bodies, right? Like you can see the biceps, you can see someone's deltoids. And there's definitely been times in my career where like, you can see that on my body. Um, that like, so people will look, um, and there was a good quote somewhere. I don't even, I'm not even going to try to say it, but we look at people with toned bodies as like the ultimate fit people. Um, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean anything. That just means that your body fat percentage is low enough that we could see your muscles. That's all that means. Um, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's, that's fit. So I explained to clients like, Hey, like, are you fit? Like, are you able to do things that you weren't able to do? Like a month ago, like was a month ago walking up incline or walking up the stairs to your apartment or to a building or to your office really, really hard. And now it's not like, are you able to squat heavier than you used to? Are you able to go into my boxing class and not feel like after the first three rounds that you're like gonna like puke because it's like collapse (laughs) or puke because it's high. Like boxing is very high intensity and it's very hard. Um, like, so when I have people like, what is fitness for you? Because we can look at fitness of like the physical fitness scale and like what a 25 year old woman should be doing in a plank or pushups. Like there's those things that are out there like standards and they exist for certain things. Like in the military, there are standards for gender and age that people need to hit. 
for their mile and for push-ups and things like that. So there's those standards, but like what it fitness is kind of like an individual thing. Where do we all start from? And then like, where do we get to, will I ever be doing like the list now I'm now bringing up pull-ups. Like, will I ever be doing like 10 pull-ups in a row? Probably not. It's been years and I'm, I'm doing like two to three and that's (laughs) hard for me. And that's where I am right now. Like that's, and that's like, I, could not even like do a sit up. So uh, at one point in time, so it's like, what does fitness mean? It's like, where, where are you coming from? Are you coming from? Like, I, I've been terrified to go to the gym and I've been scared to work out. And now like I can go for a 20 minute walk or like I was able to run three miles and now I'm going for, you know, um, a 10 K or I'm going for a half marathon. Like it's all really, I look at fitness based on where you come from versus like these standards out there. Cause for the general population, like we don't need to be looking at a lot of those, like the physical fitness test stuff, which I don't even know. I have to look at the science behind right. how scientifically based that is. Um, cause I don't really know if it is. Right. What do you say to someone who is in the process of healing their relationship with food and there is just zero desire to exercise, zero desire to move their body. Where do you kind of start with that person? Right. That is challenging. You know, it's a, it's challenging. And I've had a lot of clients that it's a big fear to, to move their body again, whether it's coming from a place of like, you know, they're healing from like an eating disorder and exercise was used as a weight control method. Um, or, you know, like, They've had negative experiences with trainers. You know, they've had negative experiences with exercise where they've been, they've been shamed, you know, they've been body shamed with exercise. Cause I, I've had a lot of people, you know, just in my DMS or even clients like say like they're, they're scared to work, to work out again because of that. Um, so there could be like some trauma related component to it. Um, I've had people work with me because they want to safely go back into exercise Um, And that's really important. Like if, if someone feels like I need a structure, I need someone to tell me like what's appropriate. Um, I think a big thing is like, depending on where you're coming from, healing your relationship food, like, am I eating enough? That's always like a one thing. Like, do I have enough calories? And we would all agree. Like, does your body have enough to, to be able to pursuing? But if someone is very, like, was very into like very high intensity, city stuff. It's really individual. Like, what are we, what are we open to start with? I think we underestimate walking a lot. So I would just say like, let's start with a walk. Like, what do you feel good with? Let's start with a walk or let's start with something at home. Like let's start with at home fitness. And sometimes I'll program people stuff or I'll send them to like a Peloton or I'll send them to some online YouTube stuff. Like let's start at home and let's do this guided. I think a really big thing is if whoever you're working with, whether it's like, you know, the dietitian you're working with, or you're working with a trainer or you're with your therapist in this is having a plan with them is really, really going to be helpful. Um, and it's just like, you know, having an eating plan with them. It's like having an exercise plan that you're going to stick to and monitor your own. I think the biggest thing is like we, you probably say with your clients too, is like monitor your own, um, your own feelings, about it, your own, um, you know, intentions like of doing it, your intentions of doing it is for health. We know that exercise is important. We know physical activity is important for overall health. Um, and so I want to take the stigma away that exercise needs to be calories. Exercise needs to be a burn. 
Um, and that exercise can just be something that we look at, like that we need for our longevity and our health. Yes. No, I, I agree with all of that. And something I, I try to do with clients, if they yeah. approach me and they're like, you know what, I just have like zero interest. Mm -hmm. I validate the fact that like, there probably has been some trauma. And as you said, like negative associations with exercise. And yes. so can we start to come up with different reasons yes. as to why you enjoy movement? And that's, mm -hmm. I found that to be like a really good starting place. It's like, how does movement make you feel? Like, how do you feel before? How do you feel after starting to come up with just like different motivation as to why you're going to do it, not just to shrink or micromanage your body size. And also like, as you said, finding things that you enjoy, finding things that, you know, feel good to you. So even if that means stretching in between meetings, right, mm -hmm. just starting somewhere without it feeling forceful or rigid or, you know, militant. Right. Yeah. I feel like I have had clients where they feel that like, I just don't have the desire to move. I don't want to work out. I don't want to do anything. And sometimes it's also coming from what they define exercise as. So they're like, I define exercise as what I was doing before, which is burpees, all this high intensity stuff. Right. And I have to break a sweat. I have to be dripping sweat. And I'm like, well, what if you just defined exercise and movement as like letting yourself go for a walk? And they're like, oh, well, yeah, I want to go for a walk, right? So can they take the association that they have with like, what is exercise and reframe it to like, how can I just move my body? Because sometimes that just, it feels so daunting and they have such a poor relationship with the exercise they were doing before. Right. So redefining that I think can be really helpful too. Absolutely. Yeah. And even just saying the word movement instead yeah. of exercise can feel so different for someone, right. especially if they've had a traumatic experience or past with the relationship with exercise. Yeah. And talking about fit too, and fitness, like, um, there's so many different types, right? You could be cardiovascularly fit. You could be yep. strong. You could be flexible. Like I personally, as I've just you know, gotten older, I'm like, I, it, it's like freaking painful if I'm not flexible. Like I, when my joints aren't like feeling loose, like I don't want to feel like that. So working even on like if cardiovascular or strength training, like feels daunting, like, can you just work on your flexibility? Right. Right. Like you said, there's so many aspects to like, there's different aspects of fitness, um, mm -hmm. that we can engage in. We forget about flexibility. Right. I love yeah. that you brought up flexibility and mobility. Like I'm very big on that with people. Mm -hmm. Um, and like that things don't need to be pounding. Exercise doesn't need to be jumping up and down. And that's just a lot of what we see though. It's a lot of what we see of marketed of like what fitness is. It's like, you'll, you, I'm just like thinking about ads on, on mm -hmm. Instagram, like dripping sweat and like muscular bodies and like jumping up and down. Um, and yeah. that's really intimidating for a lot of people. And I feel like if you've been in like sports or athletics, yeah. I personally, that was really, I mean, it was traumatic for me when it's like, oh, you dropped the ball. Well, now you have to go run hills. You're mm. clearly not in good enough shape, you know? Like, right. so if you come from a place of that, that can also impact your relationship with fitness. Yes. Absolutely. And kind of going along with what we were saying too, I think it's important not only to recognize the types of movement or fitness that you enjoy, but also like, do you prefer working out in groups or with a partner? Mm -hmm. Or do you like working out by yourself? You know, do you like 
at home workouts or would you prefer to be in a gym? I'm curious what the experience has been like during the pandemic, Abby, with, you know, so much in flux and, you know, there was a time in New York where gyms were just totally shut down. How were your clients able, and how are you able to kind of navigate these like drastic changes? I feel like people became hyper obsessed with fitness Mm. and it scared me. People were hyper obsessed (laughs) with fitness. I think for a lot of people, they turn to it as like, I got to, I got to control something, right? Right. I got to control something. And coupled with this like massive pandemic fear of like weight gain of like, Oh my gosh, it's like going to be the worst thing for us. If we gain a little bit of weight, um, And people, I think a lot of people became super, super obsessed. Um, I think it also really helped people. So on the positive side, um, I know it really helped, especially I worked with a lot of moms during that time. I'm like getting chills thinking about it because it was like literally such a scary time. Um, It was really scary. I was like by myself in a dark gym filming exercise classes, but so many people like really appreciated it. Be like, I, you know, they were like in a good way. It was for them to like have a stress relief, you know, they're with kids all day, um, doing school with their children all day with like this half baked online school that they had. Um, and it was like 30 minutes for themselves. It was like 30 minutes for me to just like shut the door and like, just have what I need to like, as a reprieve, a lot of times I use fitness as like, a a little bit of a stress relief. Like I had a hard day. I have good energy. Like it's going to be a good way for me to, you know, just not think for like a half hour to 45 minutes about like what's going on. Um, and so that was like a big shift, you know, going into virtual and doing that. I mean, now I'm back in person. Um, but it's like totally different now because now everybody doesn't want to come back out again. Right. Like that was like, (laughs) I think it was a really, um, you know, on one side, like I mentioned, people became like hyper obsessed with fitness, but on the other side, it was like really gave people like an outlet because when you're stuck at home, people were stuck at home for those months and there was nowhere to go and there was nothing to do. It was like 30 minutes for you to just like move and feel good and just have like time for yourself, um, to be there. I mean, on the flip side, you know, with people becoming just like obsessed with not gaining, you know, the quarant people were like talking about the quarantine 15, like two weeks in, right. like, um, you know, I think I, I don't remember what post I made a post about it. Like there's in the quarantine 15, 15 minute walk, like a 15 minutes, mm-hmm. like, you know, written meditation, like 15 minutes where I cook myself, you know, a, a quick lunch, 15 minutes where I have silent time to meditate. You know, there's other ways that we can look at it. Um, you know, even now I was like scrolling through Instagram and like some fitness person posted about like, oh, the average weight gain of people during over the past two years. And I was like, why do we need to talk about this? Because there's so many other avenues of health that have been affected. Of people. And also like you yeah. survived the last yes. years. Like, why do we focus on that? They're like, oh, yeah. this is such a big issue. I'm like, people are having really like really bad reactions, like mental health, like our mental health is not good right now. I think we need to focus on that, um, a little bit more 
um, like, can we make a chart about people's mental health over the past two right. years and like financially people, you know, how yeah. people are doing or like, there's so many other things, but we are so obsessed with weight in this society right. that like, that's what yeah. we go back to. Right. It's wild. It's, it's exhausting to be honest. Yes. It's so exhausting. <laughs> So how can someone begin, and I feel like you've covered this a lot, but if you yeah. have anything else to add, how can someone begin to shift their mindset around movement? I, I know that you talked about even like the way we describe it and we think about it, but I'm curious if there was anything else you wanted to add to right. that. So as a professional in the fitness industry, and I, I've been talking a lot more about this on, on my Instagram, but there's, I think there's a shift. There's a big shift. I think we've seen the self um, article that recently came out. Um, I don't know if you did yet, but if you didn't, it was, you know, talking about like the future of fitness and, you know, anti-fatness in the fitness space. Um, and I've been talking about this a lot, like who are the trainers that you're looking up to, right? Like who are the people that you're going to for advice? Are they safe? You know, do they provide a safe environment? Are they inclusive? Are they, um, what are they addressing in fitness? You know, um, what does, you know, what kind of message are they putting out there? So I think there are a lot of amazing people in this space that, that we can go to. Um, and I'm like finding so many more people, um, in the fitness space that are really working on, you know, diversity in fitness and, you know, being more, more aware that, Hey, you know, maybe there's some things that we need to stop saying. Um, maybe there's some things that we need to stop talking about. Maybe we need to stop like feel saying, feel the burn or like burn off last know. night's dinner. And people yeah. are still saying that. And I'm Crazy. like, hello, it's 20, 2022. Like we're here to burn calories, but we're also here for so much more. I'm like, can you just yeah. leave out the first part and just, yeah. say, just say that we're here to um, like improve our mental health yes. and like build resiliency and like maybe just like get away from the outside world for 45 minutes. Yeah, Like, can exactly. we do that? So I think a big thing is like, who, you know, who are we looking at? You know, what does my feed look like? How can mm -hmm. I like, I love the purge. I love when we talk about a purge, <laughs> an Instagram <laughs> purge. Um, I love on TikTok that you can be like, don't show me this anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Favorite. Yeah. I, when I first started my account, obviously more focused towards nutrition, obviously yeah. I talk about movement and whatnot, but I genuinely did not have anybody to refer my clients to in terms of like anti-diet weight inclusive fitness. Like, yeah. I feel like it's even like, obviously intuitive eating and anti-diet is like much more popular than it used to be. But I feel like even the fitness anti-diet space is even younger than this oh, whole for sure. Very young. Yeah. Yeah. What's also so great about you, Gabby, is you are a trainer who has a nutrition degree. And mm -hmm. one of my pet peeves is when I've been to trainers and they give out horrible really damaging advice. My yeah. dad actually went to a trainer like a decade ago. He put my six foot two dad on a 1200 calorie diet. And it Our was <laughs> what no, our, me and Lauren's eyes right now. No, I mean, and it's, I actually found a screenshot of it on my phone and I was like, what the fuck? And okay. excuse my language. But the other thing too, is so when I was in college at this point, I was very into my disordered eating, maybe eating disorder. I, I don't really quite know what to call it, but all I know is I had lost my period and I was working on gaining weight back to regain a period. And the trainer that I was seeing in college 
did all my measurements, weighed me. He goes, okay, like, I think you can lose 10 more pounds. And I looked at him and I go, no, I'm not here to lose weight. I'm actually trying to build strength. And also I'm, I lost my period. So imagine if I wasn't in the headspace to acknowledge the fact that like I, I was ruining my health. And if I listened to that trainer and I had lost another 10 pounds, like, I don't know where I would have been, but it just, it goes to show you, like, there is also so much stigma and there's, I mean, I I'm in a small body and I'm, I'm in a thin body by societal standards. And I was definitely in a thin body at that point. I can't even imagine what trainers say to those who are in larger bodies. And if, so if you're listening to this and you're getting nutrition information or weight loss information from a trainer, it's probably time to find a new trainer or say to them, like, thanks for your advice. I don't need any nutrition information. It's so harmful. It's like, so it's so dangerous out there. It really is though. Um, (laughs) and I talk about it all the time. Like, listen, you are not like, and we've been fighting this, like, on the political side of it, like what rights, how can we protect the profession? How can we, and not only just the profession, how can we protect people from being harmed? Like you should not be prescribing meal plans. You can tell people to eat more fruits and vegetables. Like you can tell them to eat protein after a workout. That's good. But like to give them advice or like tell someone that they can lose X amount of pounds or that they should, um, do you like, do you have a background? Like the person obviously didn't even understand what losing a period means. Like, and also like forget screening for an eating disorder, which I'm sure a lot of people go. But when I said lose a period, he's like, okay. He's like a 24 year old, like young guy. Yeah. He's probably like, why is this woman telling me about her menstrual cycle? Right. (laughs) (laughs) But there's so much, there's a lot of, and I've, I said this today on my Instagram, there's a lot of, let me say the fitness industry does not have a standard of education. You can walk into, and I work with people who do not have the basic like certifications that I got before I stepped into a gym. So like there, but there's no, there's no qualifications. Like there's no, you have to have this in order to be doing exercise. That doesn't exist. You can do exercise because you want to teach and that's it. You can just want to teach exercise and you watch some YouTube videos or you went to the gym with your friend and now you're doing it. So there's no like credibility. So right. a lot of them are very uneducated. Not all, there's a lot of amazing trainers out there. There's also a lot of people who are uneducated, don't know basic human physiology, don't understand like the metabolism. They probably don't even know what metabolism means, especially if they're giving 1200 calories. They don't know Correct. what metabolism is, right? They don't know metabolism. And I'm always like, if you don't know biochemistry, you should not be touching this stuff at all. Like right. if you don't even know what that word means, like just say fruits and vegetables, like just do that. <laughs> like, right. Yes. Yeah. It's but so it's, true. it's very bad out there and it, it's hard to navigate, especially when people are salespeople and we look at people visually for like, oh, mm-hmm. you have a toned body. You must know what you're talking about. Like, that's not how it works. That's not yes. how it works. Oh so gosh. I'm always fighting this. I'm always fighting this battle. I'm always talking about it. Um, and sometimes I just don't care if I call people out because I'd rather do that and be, be not liked by a few and save some people like from falling into that trap. Yeah. It's, and when you say like, oh, you have a toned body, you must know what you're talking about. That was, I mean, and I know other people can relate to this, but that was literally the epitome of me when I struggled with food because I would find people on Instagram and I'm like, oh, I like her body. I want to do her workout. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it works. Right. Exactly. 
So switching gears, Gabby, what are some other fitness goals? What would some fitness goals look like in a non-diet space? You mentioned the example of helping your client with like endurance and strength and strengthening her legs before a ski trip. But I'm curious, like what do other fitness goals look like in a non-diet space? Right. And so I'll, I'll just say from like where I work from, right. And like, I teach, you know, I teach boxing. So it could be like, I'll tell people like for me, like my big thing is like improving people's technique in boxing, like really improving okay. people. Like you'll, you'll just become so much more powerful. Um, I'm th- like talking about in the class, talking about in actual exercise, like, you know, refining your punches. So you don't a big thing for me. I want people to be good boxers. So they don't hurt themselves. So it's very easy. If you're punching something to hurt your wrist, to hurt your shoulders. Like I've had someone come to me cause they're like, I tore a rotator cuff in, in boxing. And so I want to go back to boxing, but I need to learn how to punch. So like, how do I use my entire body to, to fight, to like hit a bag. And how do I hit a bag properly? Like that could be something of like building a stronger hook, becoming more powerful in your crosses. Like that's in the classroom. But I also like to take people outside of the actual workout, right? Like how can I improve? Like what, what are some like activities of daily living? Right. Cause like most people working with me, they're not athletes, right? People that are training me, they're not athletes. They're just like, I have some tennis player, some people who skate, but a lot of them are like, I just like want to be able to have more energy or I just want to be able to like pick up a lot of moms, like pick up my kid and not blow my back out, like not have lower back pain because I'm picking up my children or I'm picking up groceries or like you're in New York city. I go to Trader Joe's. I got to walk three blocks with my trade. Like that's a long time, like with Trader Joe's bags, right? Like what activities of daily living can I improve? How can I translate doing squats and like a farmer's carry? That's where like you're holding two heavy dumbbells. Like how can I translate that to like the things that I'm actually doing throughout the day? So that's another one. Um, for, I call myself a a little bit of like a meathead, but like in the way that I just love, like, I just love lifting heavy things. Like, can I do more reps at the same rate? Like, wait, how, how can I do like, can I build like shoulder strength doing a push up? A lot of people just like want to be able to do a push up. A lot of people just want to be able to like try to do a pull up, like just one of them. Like there's other, there's so many things that you can do like in the gym to like set goals of actual training and yeah. then like things that like make your life better. Right. Yeah, I love that. I love that. These of daily living, daily living. <laughs> so I thought it could be fun if each of us went around and said our favorite type of movement. It's a hard one. Well, we know Gabby's, I think. Well, so Gabby, what is your favorite type of movement? Like what the specific exercise too? I love deadlifting. I love a big, heavy deadlift, Mm. right? I do it once a week. And that's the other thing I didn't bring up. Like we don't need to be exercising like five, six, like you don't even need to be exercising five days a week. Um, Like you could go and exercise like two, three times. Like I lift like maybe once or twice a week and then I box like, like that's it. What about you, Lauren? It's hard. Um, I, I do love a good deadlift, but recently I've just been doing, I mean, I love like dance cardio. That's fun for me. Um, I love that. And then recently I've been doing, like I said, more of the, like, I don't know how to define it other than like sculpt. It's just like lighter, like using like ankle weights, like a lot of like you know, donkey kicks, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just, it, it feels, I like how a lot of the focus is on and similar with strength training is on my form of like, you know, if I'm on all fours, don't lean too far to the right, right. because I'm, you know, 
So I like, I like that because it feels very intentional to me. Yeah. Awesome. I would say I also love dance cardio. 305 Fitness got me through the pandemic. And I honestly love walking in New York. It's yeah, my favorite thing to that. do. I walk everywhere. I listen to my podcast. I listen to music. Mm-hmm. And I just, that's honestly one of my favorite ways to move. I so agree. Gabby, this has been obviously such a pleasure. Yeah. Tell us how pe- listeners can work with you and where they can find you. Right. So I teach boxing in New York City. If you want to do fitness with me, I do boxing in New York City at Rumble. Um so I work both in Brooklyn and in Chelsea. Um, and then I sub everywhere. If you, a personal training, I do one-to-one on Long, Long Island. I had to say it like that. Long <laughs> Island. Long I'm Island. in Long Beach. Um, I also do like, I could program, I program for people. So I'll write their programming um, and, and stuff like that. And then I do, I do nutrition. I do sports nutrition. I do eating disorder nutrition as well, virtually and in person. And you can find me, I don't I have to look at my Instagram name because <laughs> I don't even know what it is. Gabby M. Barreto. I changed it because it was nutrition by Gabby, but I'm also, I also do fitness. Right. Right. I do both. Um, so I think that, so I had to change it. So it's Gabby M. Barreto. And we will put that in the show notes. So go give Gabby a follow and thank you so much for coming on. We love talking with you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Food Therapy. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to support our podcast, please subscribe, hit download, and share it with your community. We value your feedback. If you feel inspired, please leave a review. Let us know what you've learned and what you would like to hear next. All information about this episode will be linked in our show notes. New episodes of Food Therapy come out every Sunday, but you can stay connected with Food Therapy all week long by following us on Instagram at foodtherapypod. As a disclaimer, this podcast should not replace therapy or working with a registered dietitian. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.